What's up everyone, welcome to the first ever episode of the Noise Podcast. I am your host Chris Pugh, I am joined by my very good friend and Mr Cynical himself, Samuel Lewis. How are you dude? <laughs> I am excellent man, glad to be back here. It's so wonderful to be here. You may remember us, uh, we used to do a podcast called Soundcheck, that was a couple of years ago. Um, we did over 70 episodes of that podcast and we never really told anyone uh, why we stopped doing it. Uh, so I figured now would be as good a time as any to tell us, tell you why we stopped doing that. Um, basically, uh, Sam got a promotion and I got a new job, which meant that we had a lot less time on our hands. And while it might sound trivial, me saying that uh, sound check, we had to go to a studio, a very good studio, noise recording uh, in Wolverhampton, I must say. We'd go to that studio, it'd take us about an hour, hour and a half, all things included, travel, etc. Well, an hour and a half doesn't sound like a lot of time out your day. Um, it is, actually, <laughs> when, you're, uh, when you're as busy as me and Sam. So we stopped doing sound check because we figured that with that, um, we wouldn't have enough time to ourselves and by by that we'd end up not having as much love for the podcast and we wouldn't the quality wouldn't be there and we never wanted that to drop so we stopped doing it but now we've got to the point where um we're called doing this for a skype chat but i've got microphones and we're just chatting to each other so uh sam uh, i can't speak for you but i'm really looking forward to what this podcast is going to bring uh I, I, absolutely sam it's uh it's making a delightful return to my uh, to my life i mean it's, we've just discovered the internet hasn't it? that's what's happened <laughs> Yeah. It's just like we turned up to a studio for like a year and a half, and someone's like, you know, you can like do that in your room, right? You don't have to come here for that. So okay, okay, we'll, we'll go and do that, which is uh, which is ideal, really. So yeah, I'm glad to get this uh, get this kicking off and uh, saying the things we uh, saying the things we think about the bands that we love. I think that's, uh, that's what it's all about, really. What this show is going to be, unlike Soundcheck, which is a weekly podcast, this is going to be a fortnightly podcast. And the reason being, uh, again, is for the time constraints. Obviously, it, it's not going to take us as long as it used to, but I've got to edit it and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to do a fortnightly podcast, but we're also going to do a podcast between the weeks that we're not actually doing the normal episodes of the big events. For example, uh, the Bring Me The Horizon album, we're going to do a podcast specifically just for the review on that album. So the massive things that happen, such as, I don't know, the next Slipknot single that comes out, or a band is breaking up, or a new tour's being announced, download, whatever it would be, uh, me and Sam will decide whether it's worth having just a solo podcast on that, and then we'll do one. And the next one is going to be, the first one of that ilk, is going to be the Bring Me The Horizon uh, review on Ammo, which will be out on the Monday following the record comes out. So look out for that. But there's also going to be a show before that, because we're going to be doing these every two weeks. At the moment, I've got this scheduled that we're going to release on the 8th of January. Uh, now, that is me uh, under the hope that I actually know what I'm doing on the editing software <laughs> um, and that I can get it all set up for that time. I've got faith in myself. But, you know, dude, I used to do a journalism degree, yeah? Yeah, man. And a lot of it, obviously, was to do with editing stuff. But what's weird is that my memories of being in that editing studio at uni is that I'd be there hungover at like half a nine in the morning and I'd be sitting in my group and I'd be like, oh, we should get this effect on. And then we'd go and get the uh, the owners of the studio and be like, oh, we want this effect on. And it's like, oh, we'll come and do it. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> just do it for, they just do, every, they just do everything <laughs> yeah. for us and we just convert the video at the end uh, and then we got our grades. Uh, I'm glad I, I'm admitting that after I've left uni, they might take it from me. <laughs> on this week's show... We've got a pretty stacked one, haven't we, Sam? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think we've got a few good things coming up here. I think uh, the new Bring the Horizon single has, has timed itself quite nicely into the new yeah. year. But um, <clears throat> I think talk, being able to talk about that, I think being able to look forward to the rest of the year, talk about our thoughts from 2018, 
as well allows us to sort of bridge that gap a little bit, which is something I'm really, really looking forward to as well. What we're going to be doing, we're going to be talking about the new Bring With The Horizon single, Medicine. We're going to talk about our album of the year for last year. Now, we used to do lists on our album of the year, but there's no point doing that now. We're just going to say what our number one was, and then we'll move on. We're also going to talk about our best gig of the year, and my God, we went to some gigs last year, Sam. <laughs> oh, my life. That was, um, was much more difficult to think about um, gigs rather than yeah, album. Man, yeah, I, I think... had a real tough time. I had a real tough yeah. time narrowing the gigs down. I we're going to be talking about... An example. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, then we're going to be talking about uh, the albums that we're looking forward to next year, the top three. We're going to review the new album from Born of Osiris called The Simulation, which is out on January the 11th. So yes. this podcast released before the album's out, which is cool if you're a fan. You get to know what we think about it. And then we're going to talk about uh, bands that we want you to look out for this year. I've got two in mind that are absolutely wicked that I really want people to keep in mind. So, uh, Sam, we will start off with the new Bring Me The Horizon single. It's called Medicine. It's a prelude to Ammo, which is out at the end of January. I believe it's the 25th, if I remember correctly. Um, yes. Yes, it is. Sam, I can imagine you absolutely fucking despise this. <laughs> I just imagine you hate uh, everything this song is. You know what, like, um, I, I'm try, I, I've tried to listen to it and, and try to, to be nice. I've try, tried to, to think about the positives first. I was, I was sitting there thinking I was hearing it, and I, I remember I heard your voice echoing in my head saying, you know, this, is, this, is, this could be their new direction, and we can't always judge them by what they used to do and things like that. And, I'm trying to think a bit that way, but man, fuck me, how bad is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on now. Um, the thing is, is if you took away the Bring Me The Horizon label, if you took away the name, you took away Ollie Sykes, and this was the band's first single, this wouldn't this wouldn't get them any further off the ground as far as I'm, 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 I'm considering. Um, there's no musical direction, there's no musical um, intricacy whatsoever. The lyrics are diabolical. Um, I understand the direction that they're going in, but I think it's also happened at the expense of musicality and the expense of musical skill, at the expense of lyrical direction, and I think that's a real problem. I think it's so clear now that um, medicine is part of a Bring Me The Horizon set of music that is so secondary to Bring Me The Horizon's almost image and brand and what Ali's doing on the side and things like that. That that seems to have taken a back step, because even if you talk about that's the spirit and and i said even then like i'm not really happy with the direction this is going in even as a fan fair enough but this is like even far removed from that like if you listen to like blasphemy from that's the spirit this is even a, a further reduce from that and i even thought the chorus when it has that little guitar riff on the second half of the chorus i felt insulted because i felt that was like unnecessary for the song they were just chucking that just into my benefit. yeah 100 i was like I was, you might as well take that away uh, I get what they were trying to do with the song, like, and I understand this is a this is a radio one tune, but there's nothing here that's great about Bring Me The Horizon in this song. Uh, even 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 take away the riffs because there's there's other aspects of Bring Me that are fantastic for the lyrical direction and from the emptiness of the uh, the, the the music and the ambience and, and the way that it blends and the the passion and stuff like that that's so clear. I don't get any of that. This just feels derivative. This is boring. This is dull. This is. This is ridiculous. I mean, it's a probe. It's called medicine. It's talking about swallowing and, and having to take something you don't want to take. This is this is, <laughs> this is the metal community. the metal community taking it from Ollie, isn't it? At this point, I, I think it's just it's not disappointing because I didn't expect anything different. But it's a confirmation of the direction that they're going, which is far removed from the, the community that I think we are part of. How about yourself, man? 
it's fair to say that I'm much more into uh, the melody side of music in general than you. <laughs> yes. Especially when songs. it comes to bands that <laughs> used to be metal bands. Mm-hmm. So I didn't actually find this as an insult. I actually kind of like this. Oh, okay. Does he have? And I like it in the sense that, much like you said, this is what you're expecting. This is yeah. exactly what I was expecting. Like, when they announced Ammo and Mantra came with it, even though Mantra is nowhere near as heavy as the previous kind of things you could find from Bring Me the Horizon on stuff like Semper Eternal, There Is a Hell, Suicide Season, etc. I still thought Mantra is going to be the heaviest song on this album. What, yeah, followed on, what followed I knew would be like this, and I was fully prepared for it. And I think that lyrically, this out this song is poor. And I think that Lee Malia must have been the most bored he's ever been in the recording studio when they were doing this scene. Yeah, did he just fucking sit there and twiddle his He literally has no presence, which sucks, man, because Lee Malia is an awesome guitarist. And you listen to some of his riffs on Semper Eternal, and even prior to that, like even on Count Your Blessings, where, which is, which is, the riffs, which is an album that I criticise quite heavily for its production. But when you look at Lee Malia, he's still awesome on even on that album when he's like what 17 years old so he's an incredible guitarist that has <laughs> got a very minimal job i must say in in medicine but i like the song i'm not gonna say it's it's something that i would that would if it came out and it was the first single that would catch me on fire and i'd say oh sam you got to listen to this band man you know they're really good mm. i think ollie has got a better voice for melody than i ever expected him to I think, yeah, follow you, I think Follow You on That's a Spirit was a great precursor to this. Yes. I listened to parts of That's a Spirit and I thought, man, I had no idea that Ollie could actually sing like this. And I think that, okay, I don't know how much editing went into his voice on this song. I guess you've got to wait to hear him live till you make that decision. But I think Ollie sounds very good on this. Lyrics are bad. But Ollie Sykes has never been the most consistent lyricist. He throws out the odd banger. But generally, his lyrics are a bit cheap. And, you know, they used to be about banging girls and pissing on them. So, um, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what were you really expecting? Um, no, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Going I forward, think... I, I'm, I'm expecting an album that me and you like, disagree quite heavily. Because I really like That's the Spirit. Because I was able to immediately remove myself from the Bring Me the Horizon that I loved. Because if you ask me, the second they released Drown, which is, if I, um, you know, I can be corrected on this, but I believe it was the end of 2013 they released Drown, just before the, the Wembley Arena show. The second they released Drown, I acknowledged that they were no longer a metal band and that the Wembley Arena show would be the final tick on the box of, hey, that was amazing, thanks for this period, we're no longer a metal band, we're going to go and do something else. And since that point, I've been able to expect that it's not going. It's not going to sound like Sam Paternal. So I've accepted that, and I'm able to move on. And some folks, I've seen a lot of people criticise this and be like, "This sucks, man. Like this isn't for me." Like, Bring with Horizon. I've been trying to do metal songs for four years. You know what I mean? So no, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But I don't think this is a good song either. So that that's the thing. Like, I, 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 even if I agree with you, wholeheartedly agree on the side of the metal sense um i didn't walk into this expecting it to be like if i if i heard a drop c guitar at the start of this i'd be more shocked than if i'd heard a jazz song yeah, yeah. This, to be honest like yeah. you know what i mean if i had a pinch harmonic here i'd be like bloody hell like what 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 am i listening to i've got the wrong band on so I, I did expect it to take this direction i just don't think it's got any depth either uh, i just i just don't think it's got any of that melancholy that i think they're that they're they're, they're bringing a really good at bringing out this isn't the same as 
as blasphemy. This isn't the same as Avalanche in terms of quality of songwriting for me. I think it's I think when you strip away the effects and the tokenistic guitar, it is it is a cheap pop song. Uh, it, it is 1975-esque, and I know that's what the direction that rock music is going in. You know, Paramore followed that direction too, and I, I, I don't hate that idea. I just don't I don't think the song at its bones is is particularly great. But I, I understand the direction that they've taken, and I know this is going to be another tick on a wild and successful journey, I imagine. Hey, man, I'm not saying that I think this song is great or that I think that this is going to be a game-changer for them. I like this. This isn't a song that I would openly criticise. I think it's perfectly fine. I think this song yeah. blows up on Radio 1. This is inoffensive, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think this blows up. I think... Your standard Radio 1 listener driving back from work at half past five uh, nods their head to this chorus and they get into it. I think this is perfect for Radio 1. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think um, and if that, that's, the, that's the demographic, isn't it, now? That's what they're focused on. And I think they're going to they're gonna certainly achieve that. They've, they've certainly focused on it. I think um, gone are the days when people will put on Bring Me The Rise and albums to, to feel some emotional connection. Gone are the days when people put on Bring Me The Horizon albums to to explore deeply into an idea or an image or a feeling or a theme. People will now put on Bring Me The Horizon albums to nod on their way home from work. And I think that's really fucking sad. But that's what, that's what they're gearing towards and that's where they are. I don't want to go too much in depth on the song because I think it will bleed into the review that we're going to do on them. In a few weeks, yeah, I, I mean, imagine two thirds of the albums. Yeah, <laughs> <Does> <laughs> I imagine this was... for us. You never know. <laughs> I imagine we're going to be repeating a lot of this when we do the album review, because um, I imagine yeah. it's going to be a, a basically medicine with an extra eight or seven tracks added on. So we'll yeah. leave it there for the single. I just wanted to know what your thoughts were. I've got to say, yeah. I'm not surprised at all, and <laughs> what you think of it, Brad? <laughs> Have I still I've stuck to stereotype? Haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I knew it was coming. <laughs> album of the year for 2018 dude now <laughs> album of the year for 2018 it was probably the easiest choice I've ever had to make in my life in terms of choosing what album of the year yeah. has been usually uh, I do kind of torture myself over oh, should this be this or what about this artistic integrity or that riff there or look at the story behind this album etc I remember uh, in 2016 and 2017 or 2015, 2016, sorry. Uh, our lists, we kind of agonised over them for a while when we were doing sound check. But for this one, album of the year, we're only going to choose one selection, which was our first. We're not going to do a list. And my choice was easily, without a doubt, wholeheartedly, Holy Hell by Architects. Uh, Sam? <laughs> yeah, exactly the same, mate. <laughs> Bloody hell, what an album. So I'm going to go straight to you on this one. And the reason being is because... Everyone who knows me or anyone that may have listened to Soundcheck knows I'm a massive Architects fan. But you were always like, yeah, I get it, but I'm not massive on it. So I'm going to yeah. go straight to you first. Why is this your album of the year? Well, simply put, it's a masterpiece. Um, even if even if you even if you go just directing without knowing anything that's happened to Architects before or since this album, just listen to it in and of itself, musically. Uh, lyrically, how it transitions, the way the songs are constructed, the themes of the songs. Everything is just masterful. Um, it combines the best elements of good metal music in the sense that it has torturously heavy breakdowns, it has um, dexterous guitar lines, it has um, a variety of, of sound 
and structure and ambience that just the architects have mastered on this album. And I haven't heard mastery of, of, of stuff like that really since Machine Heads the Blackening from a metal album. It's just that that good. Um, just in terms of just the depth of songs and stuff like that. It just has every song just punches you in the throat. Every single one. But like not in a blindly caveman um five finger death punch heavy for the sake of heavy sort of way. Like it is it is both heavy emotionally and musically. And it is also beautiful. Uh, it is just just an astonishing collection of songs. And yeah, I, I wasn't all the way in on Architects. I appreciated them. I thought all their all our gods have abandoned us were was a good album but was the precipice to something else and I think this is the something else. Now Given the circumstances surrounding the album, as tragic as they are, I think this album probably wouldn't be as good without that. Not sim- not not to say that the absence of, of Tom has made the album better, no, not at all, but the emotional journey that the band has been on has, has furthered their music, has furthered their creation. And essentially, by, by accident, they've had three guitarists working on this album, and you can hear that. You can hear the combination of musicians here. You can hear the depth of musicianship that they wouldn't have had in any other situation because it is literally an abundance of songwriting that has brought this together. And it feels like a compilation album of their entire story. And as a result, musically, it's just overflowing with quality and tangible emotion. And I haven't been so blown away by an album for, for, for a very long time, really. I mean, this is uh, this, there's this, there's While She Sleeps the Year Before, and really, I would genuinely have to go back to like the first time I heard uh, the blackening, or the first time I heard Slipknot. It's that sort of that sort of hitting you in the face. It's just it's just incredible. Couldn't agree more. Before I go fully into my thoughts, I believe his name's Josh Middleton. Uh, do correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, but I believe it's Josh Middleton from Silosis. Dude, his performance on this album, virtuoso, isn't he? It's just. Uh, he brings a level of, echoing what you said, dexterity to architects that I've never heard before. The opening mm. riff to Mortal After All oh, is it's, oh. it's so beautifully executed, but it's got such a pounding rhythm behind it that yes. it's, it's exquisite, but it's really heavy as well at the same time. I think the, the concept of the album is very, very emotionally heavy. Yes. Of course, because of the tragic passing of Tom, uh, Tom Searle. And I can see why in some places this album would be a bit too much lyrically for someone to take in. Because it, it's lyrically really, it really pulls on the emotive heartstrings, man. It, it really goes into depth into like into like the, the damage that the, uh, Tom's death did to the band. Yes. So it can, I could understand how it could be a bit too much for someone, but step away from that for just a moment and just listen to them as songs. I think Hereafter is the best song in metal since Shadow Moses by Bring Me the Horizon by quite a distance. Oh, that is a take. I think I, I, I think it's by by far the best metal song since Shadow Moses, actually. Uh, it's got Doomsday on it, which was a massive, massive metal song and a hit, um, which was released before the Alexandra Palace show. But then, for me, the, the best thing about the album is the intricacies. The chorus is on Dying to Heal. The 
the way that Sam is completely, Sam Carter, the vocalist, is completely the focal point of a wasted him and allows him to, for the most part, genuinely sing. And then you've got the, the push and pull of metal and straight up rock music on Holy Hell, uh, the song, the, the title track. I think that what this album does is it takes the worst scenario a band could go through and meshes it with the best music they've ever produced. And I genuinely think this is the best thing that's happened to uh, to metal on a big scale in years. You could argue that certain bands that are a part of the underground, such as Conjurer, have done amazing things for what metal could become. But on a large scale, I would be pushed to think of the last time that something this important happened to metalcore. I think that Architects are so far ahead of their competition. And me and you love Parkway Drive. We're seeing them in just under a month. It's going to be amazing. We're going to lose our minds for every song they play. But... This blows this, prayer the water. This blows reverence to smithereens, this does. Yeah. And I love Parkway Drive. But musically, this is so far ahead of anything I've heard for years. Uh, it was the first album I ever gave a 10, a 10 for on a written review. I've never done that before because I literally think that when you pick this album apart and look at it piece by piece, what you're looking at is a work of art by a band that have been through struggles musically and struggles personally. And I remember that you said on the review that we did of All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us, this is really good, but I think what comes next is a game changer. And as it turns out, you were absolutely spot on because All Our Gods Abandoned Us was really good. And there was a song on that called Gone With The Wind, which I still think yeah. is like the best, one of the best songs they've ever done. But this is genuinely the next step above. Architects have got a hell of a job with the next album that they write because I, I believe that this becomes their blackening. Yeah. And everything that. they do from this point... Everyone goes back and says, oh, yeah, but it's not quite as good as Holy Hell. So whether it ends up being a poison chalice for them going forward for every the next thing they're, they're right, then uh, who knows. But in the here and now, this album is the best thing they've ever done. I think it's the best thing that's happened to Metal in years. And I legitimately cannot wait to see these with you in two weeks' time. And this album in Wembley Arena is going gonna, is gonna to make our year, mate, I'm telling you. I, I think <laughs> this is going to be something really special. And I think we've got a really, really special band. Uh, um, um, we're, we're privileged to be living at the same time and living through um, this album. Because I think we look back on this album in 10 years and say, holy shit, man, what a fucking album still to this day. Yeah, I think that's completely fair to say. I think we are at that, that metal historical point of view if this continues as well. These guys and While She Sleeps, moving forward for British Metal, are in a great state. Absolutely, man. Um, 10 out of 10 for you? Um, I know you're still, very you're even harsher with me than you're 10 out of 10 so I'm not expecting <laughs> you <laughs> I would still I would still keep it to a 9 because I'm uh, I'm of the opinion that there's you, I don't know man like I I'll put a tough question on you there to be fair it's, 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 it's as close as I've, it's as close as I've felt to, to, to a 10 out of 10 of a modern album but um, it's the sort of decision that we need to make in sort of 5 or 10 years and look back and say that's why it was great because it, it, it stood above its it stood above its peers for a, for a collection amount of time. If in ten years' time we're still looking back and talking about holy hell, then it goes down in the blackening, it goes down in the, the Slipknot, it goes down in the Master of Puppets, it goes down in that category for that genre. 
but it's as close as it can be at this point. I think I gave um, I think I gave a nine to while she sleeps. Yeah, uh, you did. And this, and this is um, and this is better than that. So like maybe like a nine point five. Oh, it's exactly. Close. It's as close as I'm gonna get at this point. Show of the year, dude. Now this uh, was tough. This was so difficult for me because mate, we've been to some absolute bangers in 2018. Um. Architects at Alexandra Palace was sensational. Um, I mean, I'm on about the album being like a massively difficult to sit through. Mate, you should have been at that gig. Oh, Christ, that was um, that was uh, real, really emotional. Uh, but they stepped up to the plate on the big scale, absolutely uh, phenomenally. And I imagine that in two weeks at Wembley they're going to do the exact same. I actually loved. About a week after we went to see While She Sleeps. Do you remember that gig, dude? I that do. was absolutely sensational. In a small little venue. Oh, mate. It was, the atmosphere was incredible. And the band, they, they didn't do any <clears> encores. <throat> they came on. They played 12 songs. It kicked off. Um, they played songs that I'd never heard them play before. This is The Six, which is my favourite song they've ever done. Man, that show was awesome. But I think... I just about... Oh, actually, special mention to that Trivium gig that we went to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Matt, the supports for that, holy shit. The supports of Venom Prison, <laughs> Peritrip, and Code Orange. Do you remember how much we lost our shit for those three supports? <laughs> like, d- d- like, Trivium came oh, on, we were like, oh, yeah, Trivium are good, like, but <laughs> we'd just seen Code Orange and Peritrip, man, that gig was amazing. Peritrip were exceptional. Yeah, Absolutely gross. exceptional. I felt like I wanted to walk out of there and immediately buy a denim jacket, grow <laughs> my hair, and, and, and tell all of my superiors to go fuck themselves. And, and, and it was just incredible. It was like, oh, shit, I'm like a thrasher again. It is amazing. Incredible. Incredible times. I think I'd go with the Machine Head gig that we saw there, uh, A Night with Machine Head. Um, Ooh, that's a great show. I think the reason why I'd do it, I'd never seen Machine Head before, and it was Machine Head for nearly three hours. They played 23 songs. It was amazing. Like, it was like... They played literally. Uh, what could I have wanted them to play that they didn't? Um, it was a, that was a, a really really special gig for me, and it was just the fact of seeing that. Like I think me and you said this before that if you're looking at tiers of metal, and you've got at the top like Metallica, Slayer, not Slayer, Iron Maiden, Machine Head, absolutely headline tier two. Absolutely. And no we saw Masters at Work, man. We saw Masters at Work for two and a half hours. And they made it look so easy. It was crazy, man. Um, like, I remember, like, they came out. And I thought, man, like, they've got to do this for, like, <laughs> another two and a half hours. And before I knew it, it was the end of the gig. And I remember, like, how we absolutely lost our shit for uh, Darkness Within. <laughs> what a performance as well that from, was. From this day absolute bangers um uh, do you remember the, the new stuff sounded awesome as well now i yeah, like the new album I, I, like the new the album. I like the new album but it didn't really quite kick off with everyone but catharsis beyond the pale and triple beam from that album sounded yeah, really, absolutely really titanic and i um I, I had a fucking time at that gig no support yeah, just machine head two and a half to three hours 23 songs one of the greatest metal bands to ever do it. Man, what else can you say? Also, Locust. Unbelievable. <laughs> if you I remember, I had, a, I had a parents even at school. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, shit, you did, yeah. And we were and like, shit, we're going to make you, it. I met you at the station in my, in my suit and stuff, and then I like, got changed on the train. I was the right train. I remember that, yeah. 
But no, I had a, I had a fantastic time. Genuinely, over, genuinely incredible. Over to you, man. Um, for historical significance, I've got to go Slayer, supported by Lamb of God. Oh, what a gig. Um, just simply because to see them on their final tour was like a like a special moment. I don't I don't think I'd be able to replicate for a long time, knowing that that's that's true of the UK end of just um, the real godfathers of, of of that sort of metal movement. And Slayer and Lamb of God, we saw. I mean, what yeah. what a sentence that is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think Lamb of God as well. Um, they just must have looked at each other and thought, oh, we've only got nine songs, so let's make sure every one of them, like... Kill someone. <laughs> yeah. Well, every, every single one of them is a, is a punch to the throat of the collective consciousness out in front of us, and, and they just didn't pull any stops. It was just so intense. Um, but then to follow that with genuinely legendary performance, you know, seeing Tom Araya, seeing Kerry King just at the front there was, was, was sensational, and they just... They really just started their journey off in like somewhere in 1983 and just sort of had like a hell ride around the next 15 years and it was just sensational. Just having those, having those performances, having those songs heard out loud with Lamb of God in support, I think was uh, was a uh, metal puritanica. Uh, do you know what I mean? I thought I just it was just everything you'd want from a metal show. I think Machine Head are a sensational shout um, as well, though. I think I think they'd be uh, I think be my uh, my close runner up. I think I've forgotten how much I loved that gig. So, yeah, I think it's Slayer for me, though. Slayer was up there for me as well. Um, man, I mean, it was the first time I'd seen both bands, and that's the history of thrash metal right there, man. Slayer. 100%. On that stage. Um, I've got <laughs> Slayer aren't someone that you'd usually associate with over-the-top production uh, because they're such a raw band that all they're going to do is just fucking slash the shit out of their guitars and everyone's going to circle and pitch. <laughs> yeah. But the production values are incredible. I remember there was a point where flames went up in the form of the devil sign, which was awesome. I don't know how they managed that, but it was wicked. <laughs> it's the most metal thing I've ever seen. Was it, there, really, uh... it really was, man. Um, and it was great to see Kerry King shredding for the fucking life of him. It was awesome. Uh, of course, we'd have liked to see Jeff Hanneman there, but the, street, the tribute to him at the end was... Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll live long in the memory. Uh, hey, right. man. Having Slayer as your gig of the year and mine as Machine Head, it's a good time to be alive, right? Not bad. Not bad at all. I'm looking forward to more in 2019. Now, moving on to albums that we're most looking forward to this year. Now, this is a tough one, really, because there are so many, like, huge bands releasing albums in this, in the, uh, the next year, uh, this year, sorry, 2019. Yeah. So, you know, it would be easy for us to just pick the, the three biggest bands that are going to release albums. But I think we'll go deeper than that. And, like, I'm looking for bands that I believe that, like, can, can release something that's a true game changer. Like, uh, exactly, exactly. Like, Megadeth, Megadeth is scheduled for an album in 2019. But I don't know about you, dude. I'm not expecting them to change the game, man. This is exactly at this point. It, it, people are picking their favourite bands. and we, we can't talk into this and look for the album that we're hoping for. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 you can't sit here and think, you know what? I think AC, ACDC's 16th album will really be the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the one that they reinvent their sound. Like, it's just not going to happen. So I'm, I'm completely, I'm completely with you. I think the what the one it's based on where the band is at this moment in time and, 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 and how they're moving forward. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Yeah. It's important. So I'm going to say, uh, for one of my three is Gajira. Yeah, that's a shout. Reason being, because I know Ghost are really up there in terms of Ghost will probably be the next superstars of metal, which I'm fine with. 
Um, I've never really actually gone in depth and listened to them. So maybe if I did, I'd be even more accepting of that. But at the minute, I'm neither here nor there. Although we will see Ghost support uh, Metallica. Um, so that'll be where we make our mind up, I guess. That's yeah, going to be, man, they're going to be in a stadium with 60,000, 70,000 people and they've, they've got to bring it, man. They'll show us there whether they, whether they deserve to be the next superstars. But I'm going to say Gajira because Gajira are a fucking metal. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ghost play with the synths and they can just be straight out rock at times. Gajira ain't about that at all, man. Gajira are straight up metal. And I think with one more great album, they're going to be the metal band to go forward with. Um... I'm not expecting them to reach heights of Metallica, but what I mean, who the fuck is? You know what I mean? Let's be realistic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't think any metal band are going to reach Metallica heights ever again, to be honest. So I think what we're looking at here is just close seconds, and I think Gajira can absolutely do that with a new album. Yeah, I think that's completely fair enough. That's completely fair enough. Um, one of the ones that I'm really looking forward to is Tool, believe it or not. Ah, because yes. Because if it's going to take you a fucking decade to come up with an album... <laughs> like <laughs> I'm expecting 12 years worth of blood, sweat, and tears here coming into this, and as well, um, out of the other album, out of the other bands, and I, I love all of them. I actually love a lot of these bands more than I really like Tool. I'm just expecting these musicians. Uh, these are closest to the most dexterous musicians that Tool have had a change in identity for a long time. I'm excited to hear what that album sounds like. Yeah. I'm excited to hear what comes out of that band, out of that studio, because really, it's an open book. Like a couple of the bands on the list, Amon Amarth. What's their next album going to sound like? I'm going to. What are <laughs> yeah. the theme? What are the topics of their next album are going to be? Do you think it's? Do you think it's going to be the uh, the state of the the American uh, political system, or is it going to be uh, the price of bread in Aldi, or is it going to be about the size of Odin's spear? Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Let's let's be realistic. I know what I'm expecting. Now it's going to be sick. I really like Amon Amarth. Their last album was great. Like, no disrespect whatsoever. And I, I, we, we both have a friend in mind who adores this band. Yeah. And we adore him for him adoring that we band. Do, so, I'm not, <laughs> so I'm not going to take anything from them away. I just, with Tool, I'm like, that could be anything. And I'm kind of excited about good. that. You know what I mean? And I, and I think they're really talented. And I think they're, they've gone under the, the wayside in terms of, like, they're underrated, but they've got, like, a really intense, hardcore following. And I can understand why. I'm looking forward to hearing what comes out of that band. That's be one of my first picks. Good shout. Um, for me, I'm going to go next with Periphery. Yeah, fair play. A man, a dude, I had to pick Periphery because their last album, Select Difficulty, is my album of the year for the year that it came out, which I believe was 2016. Um, although I, I might be wrong on that one. Are you right? What a band they are. Um, yeah, the I've, got, of, I've had three years to write more songs as well. Mate, the, <laughs> the thought of Misha Mansour and Spencer being in the studio again, I'm sold. I mean, I, I, I don't think I really need to go further than that. <laughs> Periphery, just a sick band, and Select Difficulty was an incredible album. And yeah, if they're in the studio again, fucking gimme it, because yeah, I'm so all too. over it. Uh, I completely agree, and that also means... Periphery live shows. Periphery fucking live shows. You remember that bad boy we saw down? Yeah, I, I think I think at some point we're going to see that band in like a symphony a symphony hall. And I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With like an orchestra in the background. Oh, yes, I think they're absolutely. Gonna, they're going to be one of those bands. They're going to do their own S and M. I think that's what we're here for. But um, yeah, they're they're just a fantastic collection of musicians. And you're right. Their last album was was incredible, incredible. And it's it was it was. Prog metal, for people like yourself and I, who hadn't really thrown our toe in the water too much in terms of prog metal, 
because it, but it still held so many other stuff as well. So that they're, they're capable of, of of varying out. They're capable of writing just incredible metal songs, in addition to the the, the incredible musicianship as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to what, to hearing what what happens there, man. Like they're just gonna be fantastic. Finally, for me, I have to go Slipknot, dude. Yeah, I think I think I completely agree. Slipknot, one of my choices as well. They're the um, superstar metal band of our generation. Yeah, they are. Every time they do anything, you have to take notice, don't this you? This is it, man. That's exactly it. They are the metal band of our generation. Um, it, you could, you know, I've said to you before, Slipknot and Avenged Sevenfold are the only superstar metal bands that we've made in the last two decades. It's I them completely two. agree. There are no I have a question. Which is a, a problem in itself. Yeah, it is. I have a question for you, Ari Slipknot. Um, do they need this album to be successful, Chris? No, no. No, this Does album. No, no, this album could be one decent song and nine duds, and they would still headline download. They would still sell out uh, arenas across the globe. Slipknot's legacy is already confirmed. For example, I'll tell you: this, if I said to you it's going to cost us forty-five quid to see Slipknot, and they're definitely going to play Eyeless, you better believe we turn up. Yeah, I'll buy two tickets, I think. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, we'd, ju- we'd just be there because it's Slipknot playing Eyeless. Their legacy has already been cemented. This album doesn't need to be good, but I'm, I'm so- obviously I'm hoping it is. More so because I thought the Grey chapter was good, but good Slipknot albums stand out like fucking, they've got fluorescent paint on them because of the debut album, Iowa and Subliminal Verses. They're a trio of absolutely top quality metal albums. So absolutely. when anything follows and it's not a top top quality metal album, it really stands out and you wonder whether they've lost it or not. Saw yeah. reports that it's going to be the heaviest they've been since Iowa. Sounds great, but uh, I don't like that kind of thing. Because then you've got four million people that are pressing play, expecting people equal shit. And Corey Taylor's 46, man, there or thereabouts. So like... He might he might not be able to do people equal shit anymore because, you know, newsflash, he's nearing 50. Or yeah. he was at least in his mid-40s. So, I think it's dangerous reports being like, it's the heaviest things in Iowa. I don't like that. What I do know is that a Slipknot album is going to capture me like very, very little albums do. And even if it's not a great album, I bet I still get something out of it. And it's, Absolutely. And, and, and it's one of those rare moments where... Metal music goes across the mainstream because Slipknot, a new album, it will get played at some point on Radio 1. I remember the Grey Chapter got played relatively often on Radio 1. They had a point where it was like there was like Slipknot era every morning where they'd play at least one Slipknot song. And people would be messaging in saying, I'm driving to work, this is too much for me. Um, but the, the Radio 1 literally did that. Um, so it's one of those rare moments where metal can get across to the masses, which... Does metal need? That's an argument for a different day. But it's cool nonetheless. And I think that a Slipknot album, you have to take notice, and I'm all for this uh, record coming out. Yeah, I'm completely fair on that. I think I'm really, really looking forward to it as well. I think, um, that being said, though, they're coming out saying it's the heaviest album since Iowa, just to touch on that. If it's heavy since, that doesn't mean it's as heavy as, which means that all it has to be is heavier than the Grey Chapter and All Hope is gone, which I don't think is usually difficult for them to pull off. But, uh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. But I will say, if this album isn't great, now, I, I think it'll be decent, I think it'll be good. If this album isn't great, then we have a real split now, then, because there's three albums since Subliminal, and the three albums of Subliminal, and there really is then two sides of Sigmar's career, aren't there? Yeah. You can true. literally put it in a thing. And I think after that, 
I think then that seventh album might become a little bit more important because there'll yeah, be more bad right. albums than good albums. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then absolutely. people will be like, there's actually more, like when like Metallica did the Black Album, the next, like the two albums after that, like Load and Reload, were like internationally derided. And then there was some anger as well, which was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like even even worse from that fan's perspective. Like, like I said, I quite like those albums, but even so, so we got to a point where like people stopped remembering how good you used to be. Because they're the, the recent now, the, the, the news now is how they are, and they're okay, news now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. But, but I think um, I think I think I have every faith that Claire and Corey and everybody else can, can put some fantastic music together. Uh, one more band for me, uh, I'm, I'm really, really, really looking forward to. Um, I was going to say Avenged Sevenfold. Um, I was going to say Lamb of God. But man, I'm looking forward to a new Killswitch album. Mate, aren't we all? Hebert Jones features on the song. Mate, give me... Yeah, hundred percent. Like I think, I think Avengers is a, gim- a given because, like, again, like, I could take it in any sort of direction. Lamb of God, they're gonna try and rip my ears off. I'm all about it. Um, but I, kill switch, kill switch. When I'm, you know what? I'm rooting for a kill switch engage masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. I am rooting for it because that band needs that. They, oh, they do. They desperately need and it. And it's the perfect time. It would be as yeah. well. Like you know, when architects are massive and while she sleeps are massive, like. This, this group of people that love those musics, like that type of music, like yourself, all the people that we see at Architects gigs and While She Sleeps gigs, would fucking would explode if another end of heartache came out. They would. Like, because it's just the perfect combination of everything you want in metal. It was just 14 years ago. So I just, I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping, just, I, I want the next Ghostbusters Engage album to be incredible. So that, that's my uh, that's my final sign on that one, I think. I want it to be incredible too, but I've got to say to you, dude, I doubt it. Yeah, I know, I know, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Is there anything else that stands out to you on that on that list? I mean, hey, dude, I'm I'm fucking well looking forward to this ch- uh, White Chapel album. <laughs> Do you remember those two songs I played to you in the car? You're going to commit GBH in your living room to that White Chapel album. Um, I'm sure there are some a... bands that I'm forgetting um, that that, uh, that would come to my head that I'd be looking forward to as well. Corn, uh, I'd be looking to dig that one out. Um, but mate, the, the other one that stands out for me is White Chapel Man. I'm really into those two songs that they've released. Yeah, fair enough. I think Mastodon could be interesting as well. Could be, band, yeah. I, have a, I have a great respect for Mastodon. Great band. Uh, yeah, they're just just really sort of really really incredibly talented. So they they, they could take it further. Uh, I'm looking forward to us reviewing the Dex Deftones album. Um, oh, fuck me, I'm not. <laughs> uh, remember that song? We genuinely like how they have ten thousand fans. How they have London Wembley Arena? I've never seen anyone wearing a Deftones shirt ever. <laughs> True. They're just not for us, man. I I just don't get it, mate. I, they're a huge band with a massive following. I just don't get it. Just for me, I, and I'm I'm sure some people want to string me up for saying that, but dude, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I agree. There was a meme I saw that it was like, are all Deftones fans just painfully horny? And I was like, <laughs> I can see it, actually. Yeah. I think they might be. But um, but yeah, I'm with you. What a list, though. What a year we've got ahead. What a year we've got ahead, indeed. Uh, you listeners are in for a right time. Me and Sam are going to bludgeon our opinions into your schools. <laughs> uh, moving on to bands that we want people to look out for this year. Now, I've got two. Um yeah. They're kind of underground hardcore bands. And I've really got into underground hardcore over the last uh, year and a half. One of them, I believe I've mentioned on the podcast before, Employed to Serve. 
Yeah. I saw them. I went to review the Stick to Your Guns and Counterparts gig. That was a great time, I've got to say. And Employed to Serve supported. Uh, they were the first band on. And whether Employed to Serve, uh, Employed to Serve's popularity ever explodes, I don't know. But what I can say is, I think somewhere, if, if you got in between the psyche, I think they'd never want it to. And the reason why I say that is because I saw them walk on stage, first band on, about 40, 50 people there, looked angry as fuck. All they wanted to do was get on and play. And I think they take great pleasure in people. I, I saw it like a ground swell of people turn to their mates and going, mate, these are fucking good, aren't they? You know, I hadn't heard of these yeah, before. Yeah. You know, mate, this is heavy as shit. And holy shit, man, that guitar line was dirty and hurt. I can't believe it's a female that's able to do these horrifically scathing vocals. This is wicked. I saw the queue for their merch stand where the band were waiting after the gig. Mate, I couldn't get out, I couldn't get out the show, <laughs> the queue to speak to him. Be like, holy shit, man, never heard you before. That was wicked. You know, I'm gonna buy a CD. That was great. I think they live for that. I, I think uh, you know that's what they want. And you know, I, I'm sure if you dangled in front of them, hey, you could be headlining, you know, out to academy shows in six years. I'm sure they'd take it. But I think there's a part of them that enjoys the the underdog side of it. And they played a new song during the set list, which you know I, I couldn't make out what the name of it was. Because uh, I was at the bar when I was uh, when I was when they were just about to play. Holy shit, man! It sounded absolutely bludgeoning. Um, so I'm really looking forward to what they bring out in 2019. I know that I think there is a new album of theirs coming. And another band that are what I've got to bring people's attention to. Uh, they're a band called Ithaca. They've got okay. an album out called The Language of Injury on the first of February. Oh <sighs> my goodness, this band. Honestly, you, you must listen to this band with headphones on. Listening to them, <laughs> honestly, you must listening to them like on, on like a laptop where, it's, where the uh, the music's blowing out into open air does not do this band justice. I listened to this album coming out uh, called Language of Injury uh, earlier before we started the podcast again with my new headphones on, and honestly, it sounded like someone was behind me hitting me over the head with a shovel. <laughs> it is absolutely punishing like it's crazy it's frenetic it's bare bones hardcore the vocals are absolutely scathing dirty mm -hmm. uh, for underground hardcore i think this band are going to be on everyone's lips we're going to review uh, the new album when it comes out i'm going right. to uh, see if i can get one of the band members on to interview them because i'm really into it uh We'll have more to say when we can actually review the album and we can talk about what it sounds like. But for now, I just want to make, bring people's attention up to this band, Ithaca. Album out on the 1st of February. Absolutely sick. Listen to them, I beg you, because they're literally... There was a band, that, there's a band called Oathbreaker, um, which are like really crazy heavy. And Ithaca far, uh, far surpassed them. And they're out on Holy Raw Records as well. Holy Raw Records have got... Um, a list of just sick bands that are a part of their record label, like Conjurer, and Employed to Serve, actually. So, yeah, if the cap new album uh, next month, we're going to review it. Uh, I guarantee we're going to love it. Anyone, your, anyone in your uh, thoughts, Sam? Can we, have, can we have a shout to our local boys' monasteries? Mate, we can have a shout to our local boys' monasteries. What a sick band, mate, that EP. <laughs> incredible, incredible. Now, um, me, me and Pew um, go to as many gigs as we can and listen to as many EPs as we can and know a few bands and things like that. But I, I, I have never heard a band like this um, with people that I've shared a building with, like on a regular occasion. Yeah. Like 
like I, I heard I heard these these heavy riffs and I was and I was like, yeah, but like <coughs> you've bought a drink next to me. Like how are you? Yeah. How, are you how are you doing this? Like <laughs> we've been in we've been at we've been at the same places once or twice. We've had conversations. How are you also? protruding the sound of Satan's armpit out of the top of your guitar. I don't, underst- I don't understand. Um, but pulmonary, fa- uh, pulmonary Failure is the name of the EP, and it yeah. is... Oh, please listen to it. Please. It is, hey, it, it, heavy it, music it, it's, it's, a, it's an iron fist to the nostril of your preconceived conceptions about metal. It really, really is. Yeah. It, it, it is just um, continually punishing... And you said the vocalist is 20 years old. Somehow, it, somehow the vocalist is 20, 20 years, years old. old. Well, this vocalist was born in 1999, right? And and yet sounds like he was dug out of the ground in 1643. <laughs> it is just fucking outstanding. Like, he is incredible. And the guitar work is exemplary. with The drumming is mind-bogglingly tight and vicious and nasty. And again, these are unsigned. These are playing in front of, like... Venues of 20 people, they're at the Gifford. They're like playing in random little holes in like Nottingham and Manchester. Just give the EP a listen, man, it's fucking sick. I've got to say that when I first listened to the EP, we're friends with the guitarist Ben and Aaron, and Ben sent yeah. me the EP. He was like, I'll oh, listen to this, man, see what you think. The first thing I thought is, you've got absolutely no right to sound this good. <laughs> you've got absolutely you've got no, no right, right to sound like this. Hand in uh, your license immediately. Mate, I had absolutely no idea that Ben and Aaron were so fucking tight on guitar. Yeah, uh, Pulmonary Fire is the name of the EP. It's out now. If you're into heavy music, I'm telling you now, you will not... You you know, you could find a heavier EP if you, if you try, if you look for it. But song on this EP called Larson Trap oh turns God. from, um, you know, slam, breakdown, beatdowns into, like, thrashy rock metal... It's just, it's a really, really intelligent time change that they just shouldn't be capable of. They just shouldn't be. Um, wicked EP. Uh, I, I think I gave it like an 8 out of 10. Absolutely great time. Listen, uh, yeah, if you haven't heard that EP and you're into heavy music, I beg you, check it out. Absolutely no doubt about it. Sam, the main event of the podcast. Fantastic. New Build of Osiris album. Now, the album is called The Simulation. It's out on January the 11th. Born of a Sorry, so a band that have been going for a hell of a long time. Yeah. Um, have you been a fan since day one, Sam? Uh, I've definitely been a fan since um, Metal was day one for me, if that makes sense. So yeah, I, yeah, when, I get that. When I, when, I, when I started listening to... When I first discovered Bring Me in 2007, um, I started exploring Bring Me-type bands. Yeah. You know, you start finding out the other deathcore groups and... I know it sounds really silly, but at the time, that was when Assassin's Alexandria were like, really heavy and like the blackout were knocking about and all that sort of stuff. And I started going down those tracks. And my mate, Shall We Born of Osiris, Shall We Bow Down. And there was a breakdown in that song that is just so heavy. I know, I know what you're referring to. You know the, the, the one with the triplets? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, the first time I heard that, my friend, I could, I could, have, uh, I could have kicked my year nine homework down there. Down the corridor or something like that. It was it was incredible. But like that was the that was my first hearing of Born of Osiris. And since that, that they, they went in a more synth-led direction, which I I, I fitted in and out of. I wasn't always a big fan of synth, um, but I love the brightness of the heaviness and the vocal stylings. So I've, I've been aware and I've been listening to Born of Osiris on and off for a long period of time. Um, and this was this was pleasant. Yeah. It was really, this was really good. Yeah. Um, do you want to start? Do you want to start us off, Chris, before I get into it? What I'd say is, it's kind of difficult to review a Born of Osiris album in the sense of 
besides the odd flirtation with synth, they've literally been the same band for 12 years. <laughs> yeah. The New Rain, their first album, came out in like 2007. And besides this has got wholeheartedly better production, it's basically the same thing. Really, really heavy, dirty metalcore riffs with the vocalist just bellowing over the top. So there hasn't really been a lot of change to the system. So reviewing it is relatively um, is a relatively difficult task in the sense that what the fuck were you expecting other than what you got given? Did you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? yeah, absolutely. See last review in terms of like yeah, in terms of what you want to say about it. I, th- I thought um, I thought it, I thought it was great. I thought it was um, vocally. I thought vocally it was tremendous. I thought it was obviously as you expect, born of Osiris. Uh, the instrumentation is solid as fuck. Oh, Alex. mate, the instrumentation on this album um, is fucking fire. There's really some pummeling riffs, some pummeling drums. Uh, there was a there was a song, I think it was um, track six, which I'm going to get the name of for you up here. Um, I'm not too sure. It's uh, Analogs in the Cell, like, I think. Yeah, Analog, yeah Analogs in the Cell. The, 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 the harmony guitars. Yeah. Oh, my God. When they're sort of just flitting around around each other, it was absolutely incredible. And... I, I just really, really enjoyed it. I want to give a particular shout out to a song that I didn't expect to enjoy, um, but it was uh, it was track number four, and it was that one. It was that one where it's uh, it starts off like a, like a synth sort of uh, under the dance gun. Yeah, yeah, I, can't, I like that man. one. I really, really enjoyed that. I mean, it kicked in with the chorus kicking on through that that juxtaposition with the heaviness and the the synth in the background. I thought it was really, really nice, and I thought that really sums up the ball of Osiris sound. Big choruses, pummeling instrumentation with that synth adding that different flavour in the background. I think occasionally with the synth stuff, with the notes that they were playing, I think it dipped a little bit into black metal. I kind of had that feel to it. Like I was like, oh, are we, are we, I would feel like I'm in Cradle of Filth sort of territory here at times. But overall, I thought it was um, it was a really good list. And I mean, it's not gonna the kick, it's not gonna kick them further than the road than they already are. Um, but no. as, a, as, as an album, it is an incredibly enjoyable. If you're a fucking massive Born of Osiris fan, you're going to love this as much as you love everything else I've ever done. Exactly that. Exactly that. Like, for me personally, I thought the album was in second gear until on the second on the second song, I believe it's called Disconnect to Me. Yeah. There's a breakdown where I believe, I think the lyric is reanimate and a massive breakdown comes in. And I was like, holy shit, I'm in now. Mm-hmm. Until that point, I was waiting for the for the the quality to really show its head. But mate, some of the guitar work on this third song, "Cycles of Tragedy," solo on it is absolutely mind blowing. There's some yeah. great stuff on "Silence the Echo." I think I think they work the synth theme quite well with keeping the metalcore style surrounded by a bit of synth just to keep things fresh and interesting. I think Ronnie Canazaro on lead vocals, like you said, absolutely nails this throughout the album. Um, yeah. I agree. There's very little, there's very few moments on the album where you're thinking, oh man, vocals sound out of touch a bit, waiting for him to really show his head. Um, I think basically what this is, is an album that's band that are masters of the craft, that their blueprint is set in stone, they're happy with that, and they're going to keep giving that until they retire. And I think this, I think we get this Born of Osiris album just in different forms until they retire, personally. And I'm fine yeah, with that. I, I this agree. is, this is a very good tight metalcore album if you were into born of osiris two years ago you'll be into born of osiris in 2019 they give you exactly <laughs> what you want me personally i do like my favorite type of metalcore is when there's a little bit of melody pushed in you get absolutely none of that in born of osiris uh, you no get doubt very very little 
So yeah, I completely agree. I completely it's not agree. ideal. It's not the ideal metalcore album for me, but it's a very good tight metalcore album, which I would certainly recommend to anyone who's into heavy riffs and fucking mighty breakdowns. Absolutely, and I think there's you know something to be said for a band sticking to their strengths. Yeah. And continuing to do what they know they're good at. No appeals to their shows. No appeals to what keeps them ticking, what keeps them going, what keeps them on tour. And man, like they have a great collection of musicians. And they have a great, they have a great synth player. They have two incredible guitarists. They have a really good drummer. They've got a really good vocalist. And they just they play this style of music and it works really well. I think this has been much better mixed than obviously early Born of a Sorry stuff. I'd like it. I'd like it to have meshed a bit better. Did it feel sometimes to you? I'm not too sure, but to me it felt sometimes like the synth was on one side of the the panning and the and the everything else was on over here. And it didn't feel like they were moulding too nicely. Like it just sort of felt they were very twin peaks almost, where they were competing with each other for space. And there was there was a few songs where I was like, oh, I'd like to hear the synth a little bit more and it sort of um, accents uh, what the guitars are doing rather than feeling at times like it was competing with each other. But apart apart from that, it is as pummeling as heavy and as enjoyable as any other Born of Osiris album has been. I completely agree, uh, wholeheartedly. Um, let's score this, man. I'd say 7.5. Yes, I'm, I'm completely with you, actually. I wrote 7.5 as man, well. Man, we're agreeing on the score in the first episode of the year. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Me and you used to fucking never get the same score. Oh, no, it's all right. Next, uh, next podcast, we'll just have a scrap over the air. I think <laughs> yeah. that's just what it's going to have to even it Legitimate possibility, because the, the two bands we're reviewing for the next podcast, I really like both of them. So if you're not into them, mate, the podcast ends on that episode. <laughs> it's been a two-podcast it's been a two podcast return. Nice knowing you all. Fantastic. <laughs> So that is it for the first episode of the Noise Podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening. We're going to be back in two weeks. We're going to be reviewing The Architect Show at Wembley Arena. I guarantee we like it. We're going to be reviewing <laughs> the new album from Puppy and the new EP from Wars. Two sick underground bands there that I think people are going to catch uh, catch on to. And I'm hoping that Sam likes both of them, else I'm going to kick him in his fucking teeth. <laughs> I'm actually glad that we're not in the same room anymore so that's not a legitimate possibility especially if you don't like either band holy shit you've got a, you've got a bad time coming for you if you have <laughs> can't wait thank you so much for listening everyone we're going to be back in two weeks for the new episode check out noise.co.uk uh, for all your latest reviews and news on the bands that you love if you want to get in touch with me or Sam our Twitter handles will be in the bio of the uh, on the YouTube video and if you want to get in touch with the show, I'm going to leave my specific email in there so you can email me and tell me if you want your band to be featured, a single or an interview. Man, we'd love to get you on the show. Thanks for mm-hmm. listening. We'll be back in two weeks. We love you. Bye. <laughs>